Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. When you meet Marine Serre for the first time, it's hard not to notice, or maybe a better word would be feel, the pent-up energy in her diminutive frame. It is easy to understand why she spent years as a child playing tennis at almost a professional level before turning her drive towards design. You can practically see the wheels turning in her head as if she's doing a million things at once. And yet, and I don't know exactly how, Marine also has a reserved shyness about her. It's a potent and powerful combination that honestly just makes you want to get to know her better. With all that has happened in the world in the past six months, Marine's fashion seems almost Cassandra-like. Her signature house is built on the concept of using upcycled materials to make her garments, and then she presents them in post-apocalyptic themed runway shows, often with her models wearing face masks and gloves, carrying reusable water bottles and armbands made into mini backpacks. Fashion, including her now iconic demi-lune motif full bodysuits that seem purposefully designed with protection from the elements in mind. The 27-year-old designer was born in the little village of Corrèze in France, but by the age of 14, she had left home to pursue her love of art and fashion. She went on to attend the famed La Cambre Fashion and Design Academy in Belgium, graduating with honors in 2016. Then came a string of internships at top houses like Alexander McQueen, Maison Margiela, and Dior, before Marion landed a junior design job at Balenciaga. And it was while she was still working at Balenciaga that, to her surprise, and nobody else's, she won the top LVMH prize in 2017, the youngest designer ever to hold that honor. Since then, Marine has been on fire, using all of that crackling energy of hers to expand the number of lines she produces each season to celebrate the different aspects of her upcycling creative aesthetic. She also has added into the mix a menswear line. She has done collaborations with the likes of Nike and has seen her work worn by global powerhouse females like Beyonce, the group Blackpink, and Dua Lupa. Just on a technical side note, I did want to let all you listeners know that Marine and I did our interview before the global pandemic put the world into confinement and basically kept me from accessing the side audio recording. So I do hope that you enjoyed taking an auditory trip back in time when the world was much more innocent and before Marine's sartorial philosophy became the new normal. Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're doing this bright and early, so I know we're a little bit uh, just getting our grips about <laughs> the day. So let's just dig in a little bit about um, your past and, and go back to maybe your first inklings about working in the fashion industry, because I know back in the day you were into sports and into tennis, and that was a real focus. So how did that shift happen, or were you always interested in fashion? Um, I will not say that I was always interested in fashion, or at least not what we mean with fashion, I was uh, super focused with tennis until my 16 years old but after it I stopped because uh, I knew that was not the life I wanted to have so I actually start art mm-hmm. uh, already around my 14 so I leave my parents house at 14 to get to art study because in the village where I live uh, art study is not really something that is 
happening. Mm-hmm. So it started like that, and basically I was already actually dressing up up a lot. So for me, like fashion started from I mean and through my own body. Uh, so by stealing garments to my mom, stealing garments to my dad, to my grandma, and also like going to Brocante because as I was coming from a village, uh, clearly uh, I could not shop anything else than things that were in Brocante or mm-hmm. Emmaus or things like that. So that's how I experienced it and. I start like cutting garments and dyeing them and making some experience and trying to mix things. So I already like to merge different codes together. Mm -hmm. And I think without you know, I was actually already a designer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm shocked that your parents let you walk out of the house as a mom of three kids. I mean, to walk out the house at, at, at 14, what was, I mean, were they just always really supportive of you or you were just like, I'm not having it, I'm going? A bit both, uh-huh. actually. So uh, my parents always support me. They always have been, uh, you know, full of love and understanding over my ID. And, and they thought that the most important thing for a child was to be free. Mm-hmm. And I think clearly there they made a great job. And then on my side, I, I grew up really quickly. So um, I was the oldest of the family. So yeah, somehow I was searching for something really precise really early. Mm-hmm. So and I'm someone really focused, and of course, when you when you do so much sports uh, at at a high level, then you also are trained to, on a way, uh, work a lot and work on Sunday and work on Saturday and work on the morning like today. And <laughs> <laughs> and not meaning is that hard, but but yeah. Um, so I don't know, but actually, yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, I st- I st- I left for art, mm-hmm. so for studying arts more than fashion. So and then naturally uh, migrated to fashion. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was drawing, and I was interested in you know in just being mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. Do not want to do what everyone was doing. That's mm-hmm. more the. <laughs> But when, but when you started your company, you started it with your sister and your boyfriend. So, you know, family has always been an important thing. And I feel like you want to create a family in your workplace. But now your company's expanded to, I think, like 30 people. You you won the uh, LVMH award. How are you maintaining that sense of family um, in your company as it, it grows exponentially fast? But actually, what happened is that uh, before the LVMH price, I already started working on my own brand. Mm-hmm. But of course, it was uh, uh, smaller, but I already had a small company at the same time that I was working in Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened also with my sister and my boyfriend is that anyway, we were all free, all doing our own stuff. My boyfriend was doing a PhD in political science. My sister was studying finance and eye counting. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you know, we love each other. We help each other. And then, uh, you know, I have some um, retailer asking me to sell garments. And then I was like, okay, uh, guys, I need a bit of your help there do you mind uh, shall we do that in the evening and then you know I was doing that also with my friend we were I was helping them back on other project and it was more like organic so I never thought so much oh my god I have a company I have to watch out and I have to make a family mm-hmm. it was more so much like automatic for me mm-hmm. to work like that and of course finally then it becomes something by uh, not thinking about it uh-huh and that's clearly also uh, when LVMH Price arrived. Of course, uh, you know, like it's over responsibility, quit my job in Balenciaga because at the time also, you know, you need to pay your rent, you mm-hmm. need to leave. And uh, I was living, when I win LVMH, I was living in 15 square meter. <gasps> so it's really tiny. That's, that's a, like, I think that's smaller than a prison cell. I think that's yeah. really small. <laughs> exactly. And I have uh, already seven retailers that came there at the time to buy the collection in wow. my bedroom. Who was your first like real uh, retailer who really believed in you like who was the one that like just like yes 
Actually, uh, the first first one was a broken arm, and mm. then after we get uh, Ash Lorenzo, mm -hmm. and then after uh, Dover Street Market, and then Essence, and uh, and then you're on your way. Yeah, yeah. voilà. One of the big focuses of your or company is this idea of sustainability and things that are good for the environment and upcycling. And you launched, I think, last season your Green Line. Can you talk a little bit about this aspect of your company? Yeah, well, actually, uh, I launched the Green Line the first season, mm. so uh, with Manixol Machine. Okay. Uh, and even if you want to, to think so, actually, uh, I launched it already when I wa was making Hadical Call for Love because some part of it were already upcycling, but it's just that, I mean, I. I as I'd never done that for um, communication purposes or for anything else than myself, then you don't realize that you have to communicate about it. That's mm. what, you know, when you start your company, You're just doing you just do garments and mm -hmm. you produce your garment. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that is important for you. And of course, now that we grow a bit, of course, it was also, uh, you know, the collection was starting to be bigger. And then I was thinking, okay, the most important thing for me is to not basically become like everyone and do commercial garment. Mm -hmm. I mean, commercial garment on the sense that you lose creativity mm -hmm. um, because I think to have a price where people can really buy it and dress it is super important. Mm -hmm. But I do not want to, you know, to lose myself in marketing because always, even as a designer, and here I'm not a designer anymore, I'm a designer and an owner and, you know, I'm supposed to, to, to lead this, this brand. So it's not the same than when you design for someone or when you just make garments. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I thought I have much of a responsibility certainly when I want to create this family of people working with me I want them to believe also in something I don't think it's nice to work when you just don't know what you work for and I just try to be you know super radical with myself and super hard also with myself with mm -hmm. thinking okay when you do that it's not good so mm -hmm. don't do it don't do it yeah found, a, found another way to, to do it and then it's like every day it's like that mm -hmm. so now um, we I mean we try to separate basically the collection in four lines yes we try to make it super simple for people to understand even if it's maybe not <laughs> and it's really a way to work so it's a process for me to work and then to produce mm -hmm. because otherwise you get lost you make t-shirt for two euro and then I mean it have no sense so for you the the idea of breaking it into these four lines which you've called it's it's gold green so it's gold green red and white white yes. and for you that's a way of keeping focus about the different things you want to message with each of yes. those and that you don't if it doesn't you're an idea or somebody's suggestion doesn't fall into those four things then you put it aside for the moment okay totally and of course for it's a lot so it's also in the perspective of the future because of course I have I need some time so I'm focusing now you know on certain line more than over mm -hmm. because of course you need time and I, I don't have uh, 200 garments uh, in one collection but it's really a way to work it's almost like a process mm -hmm. it's a process of creation and a process of production mm -hmm. and it's also a way to be transparent with myself to be transparent with the team you know mm -hmm. all together but also to be transparent with the person that buy it well can you just real quickly for those who don't know what yeah. what is the specific for each of those lines then so the white line is a kind of garderobe archetype staples basically yeah like what you need in your garderobe for mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. and what you clearly cannot buy for uh, you know too much money mm -hmm. so there we have the jersey we have the tailoring we have basically yeah your, your garderobe mm -hmm. there uh, we try to be focused on searching new material that are you know uh, nicely produced so for example here we have uh, recycled uh, plastic that come from um, water bottles that are taken in the sea mm -hmm. we get uh, biologic cotton mm -hmm. but this is not 
I mean, the main focus here is just to produce correctly. Yeah, okay, that's right. Then white. we have the green line. Mm -hmm. This is what is the most important for us, and this is what we, you know, like every season we grow a lot. Mm -hmm. Now we have about 30% of the collection in that. So green is clearly not to confuse with, uh, you know, biological cotton or anything mm -hmm. like that, or recycled bottle. Plastic, it's really only upcycling. Mm -hmm. So it's really the concept also and the, and the way to produce. So here it's just a, a transformation. Okay. So we take garments that have already been used, that are in stock somewhere, um, that are at the end of their life, uh, or dead stock that uh, do not move for, you know, five years, mm -hmm. and then... Uh, we remake Give garments out of that. So yeah. we have like the jeans, yeah. all the jeans are like that, all the leather, all the silk. I mean, it's mm -hmm. actually really, uh, yeah. Were you shocked to see how much how much waste, you know, quote-unquote waste there was out there that you could use for this line? Because we talk about having to scale up, uh, you know, a brand and grow it. Mm -hmm. I mean, but, you know, and you go, well, how much can you upcycle? If it's your theme is upcycling, you're, there's going to be a limit to how yeah. big you can grow, but maybe not. Not really. <laughs> not really. No, but it's actually by doing it, uh, yeah, and then you realize a lot because, of course, it's a lot of focus on production and mm -hmm and how you are making the system work. Mm. Of course, the main challenge for us is to really go into production because today we have a lot of garments in production. I think we have 10,000 garments. Mm. So, um, of course, the, the old challenge is to be able to produce with a, a green line, mm -hmm. actually, so with upcycling garments and to actually do more and also to lower our price because mm -hmm. for now, when we make a jeans, we have to buy six chains mm -hmm. we have to open them we have to cut them we have to redo them into panel so all these things happen in paris for now and it's really something it's really very labor intensive so yeah. it's it's of course difficult to uh sell it the same price and you know then than the white line or something else yeah and how does that so then how does the green line compare to the red line then so actually the red line came because of the green line mm. uh, because what happened is that I really want and I really believe that garments should be dressed. I'm not a designer that want to dress just for a certain amount of people or that you cannot buy it every day and just, you know, have fun with it. Mm -hmm. So the, the the red line actually is the kind of continuity of the green. So it's a kind of couture of the green. Mm -hmm. So it's also on the same concept. It's everything is recycled, but sometimes we can pass, uh, you know, seven days on the same dress. So last season, for example, we recycle fishing jackets. And then by recycling them, we have made a dress mm -hmm. uh, that was like uh, with, uh, I don't know, like 150 pockets on it or things like that. Mm -hmm. Or we made another one with that stock of um, uh, bed sheets. Bed sheets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and there it's so a it's lot your couture of line. Kind yeah, of, it's yeah. it's much more couture. Of course, it's much more unique. We can sell one to three maximum yeah. of that because it takes us so much time. At the same time, I think it's really important to work around this artisanal way also mm -hmm. um, and also to have still these kind of pieces because always you lose it so it's almost an exercise for me but mm -hmm. of course a fun one but then also that probably the work that you do there will trigger down into your green and your white and then so gold is the last yeah. one and what does gold do so gold is more all the garments that you've seen that are really hybrid Mm -hmm. because it was actually quite difficult to put them in a category and they might have disappeared because of course this is not the thing that sell the most and normally uh -huh. when you you know you create mm -hmm. a brand and then you look at oh that's sell good okay let's continue that and uh, yeah then, and let know, this other one that only two then, people bought yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly suddenly when you really start on the beginning now it's it's also starting to be different because uh you know because uh, yeah because we are growing mm -hmm. 
So this is really also things that I really like that are not from the Green Line actually. So it's like collaboration with people that are doing moiré, for example. Mm -hmm. You know this fabric that is like shining, uh, kind of waterish that I use since uh, my fourth year. So it's really a collaboration also with the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So I really so like. So it's more precious. Yeah, it's more precious, more hybrid, and it's you know it's all the time link with also relationship with people I have with factory with. Okay, so it's highlighting me the, the artisanat that you work with to a certain extent as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. it's more like, let's say, it's really ready to wear. So the, the gold line is not couture, it's just a new way. It's more like future wear on the way, what people, okay. you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, said about us. It's really this hybrid of jersey and silk, mm -hmm. uh, jersey and moiré that, you know, that were not made. Unexpected and, combinations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. Speaking of... Unexpected. Well, maybe not too unexpected. You're now launching or pushing into menswear. I know that you said earlier that you used to steal clothing from your dad and your mom and make your own things. Is menswear a particular challenge for you or does it spark something different in, in you creatively? No, actually, I quite like to do menswear. I mean, uh, it's a totally different way to work because I'm draping a lot. As mm -hmm. I'm not drawing, I'm really someone that needs to see things in 3D on the body. So it's not really difficult. I just need a guy with me and then make sure that I can... I can drape with him and yeah so no it's not really difficult and I think today it's just super important because uh, you cannot just dress one gender uh, and uh, and you know and also we are all used to exchange our garments so yeah mm -hmm. I don't I don't think it's any problem there Okay. Um, you've, let's see, you've interned, you mentioned you worked at Balenciaga, mm -hmm. you worked at Dior, a bit of Maison Margiela with McQueen as well, I think right after he passed. Can you talk a little bit about your takeaways from each of those? What did you learn from that that you kind of imported into your own business, would you say, from those experiences? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot. And uh, at the same time, I think they all have been really interesting moments. I have had the chance to work all the time with super inspiring people. You know, from Mathieu Blazin, Margiela, from Half Indio, from Demna in Balenciaga. So, I mean, I was quite lucky. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think what was also really nice, to be honest, on the way, it's to work with kind of big brands. Mm -hmm. Because I have worked also for smaller brands like Fred Satal and, and uh, Annemie Vavecker, actually, in, in Belgium. It was really nice also because I could see how a small brand can be built, but it's also really important to see how big brand function. Mm -hmm. And of course, when I have to start mine, I knew a lot already about how things are constructed, who is supposed to do what, because of course, this is the total hidden part of fashion. Everyone talks only about creativity, but you have so much choice to make. I mean, I, I, I really, you know, I feel like a choice machine sometimes. I'm yeah. like, okay, do you do that? Uh, but you have to decide right now because mm -hmm. always it's too late. So it's also this, um, yeah, to learn how to work or to build your team and how to make it also healthy because things go really, really fast. Mm -hmm. So I think I have learned a lot there into, yeah, like how teams are constructed. And mm -hmm. then you see what you like and what you like less. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, creatively to work with these people um, that are, I mean, these three have uh, I've super different identities. So, you know, it's just nice to, to work with other people that have strong vision. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you talked about choice and having like a choice machine. You're, you're what, 25, 26? 27 now. Ah, <laughs> uh, 27. Uh, ancient. Okay. So that's, a, uh, okay, granted you, you know, were um, an athlete at a young age so that kind of builds a certain kind of backbone into you, but that's a lot of pressure for someone so young. How are you dealing with the, this constant stress, this exploding brand and this whole 
challenge basically of building your company and having the world staring at you at such a young age, you know, focused on you at such an early age and so early and also in your business? I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, as I said on the beginning, when I started, uh, I do not plan anything. So mm. everything was really organic. And uh, even the Elvemash price was super organic for me. I was so sure that it will not be uh, me, us, that I was, you know, really So you were relaxed. super relaxed. <laughs> um, and I was really and I'm still relaxed and I'm, I mean I'm, I'm trying to keep that and to keep the lightness I think this is really important and also to yeah to keep to keep being fun also because I think this is really important mm -hmm. into fashion and yeah I mean it's not all the time easy clearly it's a lot of work but I am also someone that work a lot so and and also I think what is the most important for me is that you know I mean life is made to be driven by something and I found my drive mm -hmm. you know what make me happy is to see people on the morning coming happy to work with me mm -hmm. and of course I'm not going to lie that it's all the time uh, uh, you know happy and 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 shiny and all that but mm -hmm. but at the end it is like I think um, and and this is also why we grow so fast I mean we have a lot of them and people wanting to work with us mm -hmm. and of course I think it's you know I'm also happy to I don't know like to open some doors and then other people will follow up later mm -hmm. and uh, some open doors for me before and uh, yeah, and to so give back. So I know, so I love that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just to, at least I will have make a step uh, into something and, and, and hopefully the, the good way. Mm -hmm. and, and that's already a good drive. Okay, I have to ask, um, what was it like when you saw Beyonce wearing your clothes? Because that's got to be kind of like a rite of passage for a young designer. Well, actually it was quite funny because she bought it. So uh, I really good for her. I really did not knew about it. Okay. So I was really shocked. I was like, huh? But where did she did? <laughs> where did she get it? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, no. I, I mean, I was quite nice. I mean, it was also super total look. I know, total so, look. So, uh, you know, we have also the the ball bag that is, uh, you know, one of our first iconic bag that we make that is a gymnastic ball that is slashing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it was nice. I'm, I'm also... Yeah, super happy that yeah that she just liked to dress it. Mm -hmm. She just on her own. She was called it. to it. Yeah, and she that's did. the most important for me. You know that she, that she liked it. So okay, so you have been you know what is it blessed or or honored by the the Beyonce that the rite of passage of Beyonce. Let's say another kind of rite of passage is these kind of big time collaborations. And I know you recently collaborated with well, you've done a few, but Nike for the World Cup FIFA Women's World Cup. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like, especially coming from your background from sports what was that like for you and was there a specific focus to that collaboration yeah so with nike actually we start collaborate together uh on the project for serena williams because of course i'm super interested into tennis mm -hmm. so uh you know i have the chance to meet her and to and to uh make some garment for her so that was really good and this is how this collaboration come and and probably other one are to come so of course we are working together on finding the great path to of course to to connect each other because they are a huge brand mm -hmm. and we are a tiny brand working on upcycling and 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 being really I mean, really small. So that that's the whole challenge of, of working together. But I think we will find ways also, you know, because of my background in sports and also because of the technicity they have and the possibility also they have into production. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's in what I'm really interested in. As I was saying on the beginning, you know, just to, to make some step to, to change also 
certain things and then, you know. We'll talk, we'll talk to me a little bit about the changing of the certain things because, you know, I, I get this feeling from your company that it's all about evolution and elevating. So you've got the elevating of fashion, the elevating of this idea of the production cycle and also kind of elevating the person that wears your clothing because honestly, your clothing is not designed for people who want to be wallflowers. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite dramatically there. You, you're very present. So can you talk a little bit about like what your message or your goal is or what kind of, how do you, what do you want people to get from your brand? Project, what does your brand project to the world? Uh, it's a quite hard question, but I will say, uh, and it's also really difficult to put word on it because for me it's extremely automatic and I've just always been like that, really mm-hmm. direct and, uh, you know, into the water and then uh, not changing your mind uh, until you actually get to change it. Mm-hmm. So I will say that it's really important for me that people don't feel think like we are lying to them Hmm. I'm always trying to put myself at the place of the person that will buy the garment and I think today it's just important to be at the same time realistic and at the same time extremely fun uh, because we need to I mean it's clearly a really dramatic time it's maybe not for nothing that my garments are dramatic Mm -hmm. so I think (laughs) as you said I think it's just, you know, my garments, I think, are reflecting a part of what is happening today, and it's also how I work. I'm just kind of a sensor of, uh, you know, what happened around us, and then I'm just trying to make sense out of that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's true, like, yeah, I, I'm not uh, I'm not a little uh, cute flower uh, dress designer. Yeah, you're not uh, a minimalist. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's it's just important for me like it's at the same time that is um, I don't know like I think fashion I've been also considered as something all the time light it's true it's light but also we can I mean everyone is dressing so much thing every day I mean it's it's of its own importance also mm-hmm. so it's such a it's such a self expression I mean it really is the first thing you you know when you meet somebody I mean I know who you are by what you're wearing right now to a certain extent. Yeah, I don't know if it's like you know who I am, but at least uh, you know you 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 engage yourself by buying something mm-hmm. anyway. And I think I I quite like to think like that that when you buy something anyway, this is your responsibility somehow. And clearly, I, I like to dress people that know where they go. That's a pretty that's <laughs> a pretty good way to end this. Is there anything else that I should know about you or the company or things that are happening in the future? What are you? No, I think what is just really important is clearly this focus on green line. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we are passing so much time working on that, much more than in anything else, because mm-hmm. it's quite a challenge. We are now trying to grow also the brand, uh, you know, with, with these lines. Uh, and also to, as you said on the beginning, uh, grow in terms of quantity. So there we have, a, you know, a quite, uh, yeah, a just a big challenge by, by growing so fast there. But it's really interesting. It poses also a lot of questions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with manufacturing how people create it today, what they are used to do, what mm-hmm. they are not doing. Are the manufacturers, the people you're dealing with, are they open to these challenges or do you get a lot of pushback? Well, some pushback, to be honest. I mean, I mean actually quite a lot because they just don't know what is that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by just talking, explaining to them, showing them the piece and then, uh, you know, building also some trust because mm-hmm. now we have made three collections so they also see that it's working so of course they are reassured. Mm-hmm. But, but some have also supported us from the beginning and that's also you know really really great mm-hmm. but but it's a really a learning process for everyone as it is for me as it is for them as it is for like the tissue part when we are actually transforming something mm-hmm. that is already at the end of um, of life mm-hmm. so uh, i will say that this is clearly also this is where why we are also so much today in the mm-hmm. company we have a lot of people working on production production is a big chunk of your team yeah it's the biggest mm-hmm. team 
class. Your company and, and your clothing, I remember the last collection we were, you know, uh, underground, you know, with black light and it was, you know, like post-apocalyptic, you know, dance party craziness. You do always seem to be looking towards the future. Where do you see this brand in the future? Where do you want it to be five, ten years down the road? I know this is such a generic question, but I'm curious. It's particularly for you. I mean, ten years is really difficult to think about uh, because I'm just trying to live one day after the other. Mm -hmm. uh, but five, I think, you know, if uh, we could manage to make the green line becoming a line that people can offer themselves without to lose the creativity that mm -hmm. I have today. Honestly, that will be already really great to be able to work like that. So basically take all the, 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 the you know, dead garment, bringing it back to life into something that makes people also enthusiastic and, and happy because the idea is not that you buy it because it's green, but you have to buy it because it's it's cool or because you just want it mm -hmm. and it's something you believe in. So yeah, I think if we will manage that to also get an okay price, um, uh, yeah. If you can crack that nut, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that would be quite good. Maybe we can manage three years. <laughs> I think with your drive, you probably can pull that off in three years. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. C'était un vrai plaisir. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.